Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star. Star you are. The party starts now. Party, our power partner party. I love those alliterations. This is our informational playground. It's called Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and it's brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. And we are live on the Voice America network. This is the empowerment channel. So we hope that we can strive to seed and stimulate and support space for some fun, positive, meaningful conversations that can actually change your life because as I always say remember that you are the writer producer director and most of all the star of your own life and since we only have one life to live let's just make it sparkly and and great and fun and live the dreams that we want to live the miracle moment for today is uh, brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. And on April 23rd, we are having a free magic show, a virtual magic show with a renowned Irish magician who will be with us from Ireland. And it's completely free for all ages. We've never done this before, so I'm excited. But you do need to register so we can send you a Zoom link. It is um, interactive if you want to participate. So um, go to be the star you are dot org and you can get in for free to this fun family um, event I, I'm excited I love Ireland and I love the Irish people and they do have a very good um, sense of magic you know those little leprechauns that live in your pocket well today's show I think will be very helpful hopefully for everyone in segment three we're going to be talking about how nature-based activities are just an excellent therapeutic intervention to ease our mental and physical stress and I think all of us have been going through that between everything that's going on in the world with um, you know going into the third year of the pandemic and then just the job losses and financial stresses. And now this horrendous uh, war that Russia is perpetrating on Ukraine. I mean, I, everyone just was really feeling sad. So we're going to talk about how to plant for peace in segment three. And in segment two, uh, you know, workers, a lot of them took a temporary break from business as usual to reevaluate their priorities. A lot of people got to work from home. But now people are really looking at the importance of their health and family balance and doing that more seriously. So how are you responding? How are employers responding? Fast Company had some things to say about that, and we're going to look at that as well. 
And right now, we're going to talk about negotiations because no matter who you are, at some point in your life, you are going to have to negotiate for something, whether you're negotiating your rent or negotiating to buy a car or negotiating maybe to buy a house or uh, your salary at work. There's always a lot of conventional wisdom around negotiation. You know, we have to be well prepared. We got to keep emotion out of it. We need to look for the win-win. But sometimes you're sitting across the table from someone who doesn't want to deal with you in good faith. And they, <laughs> I think that kind of sounds like Putin, doesn't it? I mean, I, I was just listening before the show, before I go on with the negotiations, because I know that right now in Turkey, there is a, a major negotiation that has um, convened that between the Russian diplomats and Ukrainian diplomats to try to to get a win-win so that we can stop, you know, so that this carnage can stop. Uh, I mean, civilians are just dying and being displaced. It's um, And their homes uh, and cities are being destroyed. It's really terrible. But I was just listening to um, the congressman from the district where I am. He had the ambassador to Ukraine on a special um a special, you know, live broadcast that he was doing that was interactive with the people here in this district in California. And it was interesting. He said, uh, and he had been in the Ukraine in, um, the congressman had been there in 2017 before Zelensky was elected. But he said it, what took him back is in one of the talks that they had, um, it was, how, you know, when Putin says something, how, and you know that he's probably lying, how can you trust somebody that you think is lying? And one of his diplomats, who was also former KGB, said, well, if you know that he's lying, then it's really not a lie. That's a very interesting way thing, I thought. And um, so anyway, this was kind of the topic of conversation is then we have to assume that everything Putin says is, is a lie. So what he needs trying to negotiate, he's really not negotiating in good faith. Um, so that gets me back to the topic of negotiations. So um, when you have somebody that is doing that, they might be biased against you in some way or... Maybe they are just a jerk or maybe they're a criminal like, you know, you know, like Putin. And some of this information here is coming from an article that I read in Fast Company, which I really like a lot of the things they said. So um, there is a professor at Yale University who did a or does a class on negotiating so that to help his students learn negotiation tactics so that they can deal with all sorts of personalities and situations. And um, the, the professor, Nail Buff is his name, he wrote a book called Split the Pie, A Radical New Way to Negotiate. He shares firsthand experiences from his own career because he sold his company, Honest Tea, and you probably had heard of it, to Coca-Cola, and so he begins the course because um, he thought that it was really important for everyone to know how to negotiate. In fact, 
when he, you know, pitched this to Yale University, he really believed that it was malpractice to have a business program without teaching negotiation skills. And I think that's such a, an important an important fact because who's ever taught, really, are you ever taught to negotiate? I've read lots of books on negotiation, but in any class that I ever have taken, I've never been taught to negotiate. So here is what he has to say. So this is from Professor Barry Nailbuff, who wrote the book, Split the Pie, A Radical New Way to Negotiate. So the next time that you're sitting across the table from someone who is not acting in good faith, there are some ways to sift the situation in ways that may diffuse the tension, that may align your goals, and it might even give you more of an advantage. So the first one is to always be curious. If you find yourself dealing with somebody who is really contentious or demanding, just kind of take a breath and ask yourself why. Um, the questions might invite greater input. So sometimes you should just say, well, tell me more about that. Or ask an open-ended question that may lead to more insight about the other person. I know every time that I personally am asked to do a speech somewhere or, um, you know, if I would be interested in a particular project or something, my question is always, tell me more. Because I don't want to say no right off the bat. I don't want to say yes right off the bat. I really want to be to know more. You have to be curious. Bad negotiation behavior isn't always intentional. It's not always nefarious. Sometimes, says Nail Buff, that his students have less than fair negotiation styles that arise out of fear or inexperience. And so what you do is then you become kind of a caricature of a jerk because you're afraid of being taken advantage of. So if you sense that there's tension is arising out of fear or mistrust, you want to try to discuss common goals to remind your counterpart that you share some of the desired outcomes. The next thing that's important in negotiations is to call it out or at least to joke about it. Now, sometimes the best way to break the ice and begin a more earnest negotiation is to call out that unspoken fear. And there are a lot of ways to do that. One way is to recap what the goals of the negotiation uh, negotiation are, like define what's being negotiated so that everyone's on the same uh, page. And then using humor can always be a valuable tool. Um, you can sometimes get ahead of the game um, and get maybe a laugh and maybe warm other people up by kind of saying, so, you know, we're here for the same thing. We're here to bluff and we're here to lie and, you know, do that with a lot of sarcasm. <laughs> and again, that lying comes in. Oh, I don't like that. So um, Nail Booth says that a rookie mistake when he was beginning the negotiations to sell honest tea, he named too high of an asking price. And his counterpart, you responded kind of with a joke. He said, great, where do I sign? Just kidding. But that joke elicited a laugh, and then the parties were able to get down to business. So if you're able to laugh, and especially at yourself, it might be able to make the negotiations, and especially a tough negotiation, a little bit easier. 
Now, this one is a big one because so many people just, including myself, we want to jump in. And that is don't be afraid of silence. So be aware of the silence in the conversation and use it to your advantage. So when there are pauses in the discussion, you don't need to rush to fill them. Often when we're uncomfortable with silence, we blurt out something and it could be a concession or it could be information that could be used by the other party. And if we were just speaking, just to fill the silence, um, we might actually lose something or leave something on the table. So instead, let the silence linger. You might be surprised at what your counterpart might blurt out. And if you struggle with discomfort and silence, this is a trick that um, many people who talk about negotiating suggest. Bring along a notepad and start making notes on which to focus during the conversation pauses. So, you know, um, in music, it's the pauses between the notes that causes the rhythm and causes the beat. So, you know, just embrace the pauses. The next one is to fight fire with water. (laughs) That means keep your cool. If someone is being unfair, it is really tough. And if you start going fire to fire, you're just going to escalate a negative situation and nothing is going to get done. So to fight fire with water, you might just say, let's just take a break. Let's pause the conversation. Um, Why don't we reconvene later? And that'll give everybody time to cool down and consider how to act in a more principled way. And this could be particularly important if you're in a situation where you think that the other side is biased or unfair or, you know, being a meanie or whatever. And another way is to refocus the negotiation on the matters at hand is to define just one or two key points at the start of the negotiation and then keep concentrated on those. And that way you have a narrow set of points on which to focus and there's less opportunity to veer off topic. And then, you know, when you veer off topic, that's when things get heated. And um, the final thing is know your walkaway point. Just like in everything, you have to have a bottom line. Like if you are going to buy a car and you want to buy a used car for $5,000 and that is the absolute max you can pay, that is your walk away. You know, if you can't get it to that, you've got to walk away. So you typically have a stronger negotiating stance if you're willing to walk away. And it may not always seem possible and you may not be willing to do it. I mean, it's really, really hard when you really, really want something. But if you don't have a walkaway point, you've already given up one of your no- negotiating options. And then you can only push the terms so far without putting the situation in jeopardy. So whatever it is that you are negotiating, have a walkaway point. It's an insurance against being treated unfairly or having to strike a deal with a jerk or with a liar. Uh, <laughs> so that'll give you a little bit more leverage. So I hope that you're able to negotiate whatever it is. And remember, we're negotiating all the time in relationships with friends, with partners, with uh, with marriages, all of that. So learning how to negotiate, negotiate fairly so that every com- one comes out in a win-win. The goal for me in a negotiation is always to walk away knowing that the other pe- person felt that they won and also feeling that I won. And that is really important. So 
think win, win, win. Everybody wins, and then you actually have developed a relationship and have had a very successful negotiation. Well, I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about how to keep our wellness and health. So it's kind of wellness over work. Don't go away. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Coming to you live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. I'll be back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR and visit www.cynthiabryan.com When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan www.cynthiabryan.com Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself a show by teens, for teens and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com You can express yourself become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america follow the voice america empowerment channel on twitter you already know we're full of great ideas and our hosts have plenty to say we want to hear from you too be sure to follow us at va empowerment and come back every day to see what's next You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. 
Now, back to the power party. This business of show business And we're back. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and you are still listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I'm always grateful for you to be tuning in. Now, we are going to talk about the importance of wellness, um, wellness at work, wellness at home, and just what you might need in order to, to keep your health during you know, these times and in the future, because uh, so many people, of course, left their jobs during the pandemic or lost their jobs or were sent home. And because of the pandemic, because so much closed off. And so now what's happened after two years is that people have found that they have dramatically different priorities, expectations and needs. Um, as they are returning to work. So what's happening is, uh, again, I want to, I'm going to be talking for some things about from Fast Company. Um, Fast Company did a top 10 of the most innovative companies in data science list. And what it did is it combined insights from more than 30,000 workers in 31 countries and trillions of data points from its workplace products. So I think this is a pretty good research project. And what the findings did is they painted a picture of a workforce that is truly prioritizing its own health and well-being over work accomplishments. And uh, people, uh, employees, are demanding greater flexibility, and um, they are more willing to switch employers to get what they want out of work. I know earlier today I had to fix a, um, a valve, a water valve in my garden, and as you know, I'm a major gardener, and I do, I do all my, most of my, or yeah, just about all of my own, you know, everything of uh, work here. And so I had to go to the hardware store and I was just talking to the owner and they just can't seem to get um, anybody to work. They can get some teenagers part time, but people are just, you know, changing jobs a lot because everyone seems to be demanding more from employers. So people have just changed in some fundamental ways in terms of how we think about life and how we think about what is important and how we think about work. Now, Microsoft 365, I don't know if how many of you use it. I know that I that is one of the programs that I use, uh, Microsoft 365. It is already incorporating these findings into its workplace culture and hybrid policies. For example, the workplace culture... Um, Uh, What it actually is doing, the company allows most of its global workforce to work remotely up to 50% of the time without without seeking permission for their manager. And then each employee will also meet with their managers one-on-one to discuss policy changes and to align their expectations. I mean, that's pretty big. You know, I don't think we ever had that opportunity before. So this transition is being called great expectations. And uh, there are some insights that have been gathered from the report. So employees have what's called a worth it equation. They've taken the temporary break from business as usual to reevaluate their priorities. 
And according to this study that I've just been talking about, 53% now put their health and well-being over work. And, you know, we're seeing that, I think, a lot with uh, celebrities and sports figures uh, coming forward and talking about, you know, their mental health and what's going on. We saw it in the Olympics. And we're seeing it more and more because so many people in the past, they put what their work was over their health. Of the 18% of respondents who quit their jobs, the top three motivators were well-being, work-life balance, and flexibility. And interestingly, getting paid compensation was seventh. It was ranked seventh important. It wasn't, didn't even make the top five. So it's like a new deal that employees are coming to the office with. So it's really important for business leaders to understand that. And managers feel, you know, really wedged between leadership and employee expectation because it's hard to be an employer. It's hard to be a manager. And most employers are struggling to meet these new expectations. For example, 73% of workers want the flexibility of remote work to continue, yet 50% of business leaders planned to bring employees back into the office full time. And as a result, 54% of managers feel that their leadership is out of touch with what employees expect. So there's a definitely a showdown as managers try to figure out how to navigate between leadership and employees. Now, of course, there are some jobs like um, that you have to you have to be in the office. You couldn't be well. You you couldn't be a nurse or a doctor or a surgeon. Let's put it that way, and not be in the office. Yes, there are remote office visits at certain times of the day, but in general, you know, you're going to have to go into work. If you're if you're a dentist or you have anything that has to do with physically taking care of a person. Now, leaders need to make offices worth the commute. Now, that's a really big thing with the way traffic is, uh, and especially here in California. Two years of remote work have challenged the prior perception that offices are the only places that employees are productive. So according to the study, 38% of hybrid workers say their greatest obstacle is knowing when and why they go to the office. And 51% want to be fully remote next year. Respondents also complained that many return to the office only to spend their days in virtual meetings. And see, that doesn't make any sense. You could do a virtual meeting from home. And now, of course, commutes, if you were driving an hour and a half to work each way, that's three hours um, of traveling. And, you know, I think an hour is probably a pretty average amount of time that, a lot, at least here in the uh, Bay Area, in San Francisco Bay Area, that people drive. And now with gas at almost $7 a gallon, is it worth it for you to make that drive? So, you know, there's a lot of things we have to consider. So it's important for business leaders to be much more explicit about when you come into the office, why you come into the office, and how you arrange to come into the office so that you do in-person activities that actually matter when you come into the office. So that means that Many business leaders have to redesign their office spaces so that they can be more hybrid uh, friendly. Now, flexible work doesn't mean that you're always on. 
the length of the average workday has been rising exponentially over the last two years, according to that report that I said at the top of the segment. Um, employers need to establish boundaries when implementing flexible work. So the good news is that we are seeing from uh, productivity patterns is that people are becoming more intentional with their time. For example, meetings are starting later on Mondays and they're ending earlier on Fridays. And then on scheduled informal chats of 15 minutes or less now are making up 60% of Microsoft Teams meetings. So that's a big change. I don't know about you, but um, meetings have always just been a bugaboo. Um, some, you know, some people, some leaders will conduct a very succinct meeting. You know, this is the agenda. This is what we're going to do. Boom, 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 in, out. But most people... If you go into a meeting and there's just, you, you just want to fall asleep. It's like, why am I even here? And so I really have um, liked having a Zoom meetings because if it gets off track, you know, I can Zoom out. <laughs> and that's something that I think more and more people are doing. Now, rebuilding social capital in a hybrid world. So during the pandemic, ties with immediate work groups strengthened. But a casual relationship suffered based on frequency and duration of virtual interactions. Now, 58% of hybrid workers have thriving relationships with immediate team members compared with 50% of remote workers. So you see, if you are a remote worker, it is just a little bit harder uh, to have those relationships. So it, maybe what the, the answer to that is, is that if you're going to be working remotely, you're going to have to put a little bit more effort into continuing a relationship with other people that are on your team or in your business or, you know, in your, you know, your group. So you might not be able to get together in person, but just knowing a little bit about them, you know, asking them how they are developing that relationship that can all make a big difference because folks see that their colleagues in person are maintaining workplace bonds that are strong with both their immediate and, you know, even broader team. But remote workers are starting to suffer because they're not getting to see everyone else. So the bottom line for all of this is, is it's really important that you be astute and you be aware of what you personally need in order to achieve your greatest health, wellness, and self-confidence in the work that you're doing. And you know, remember, we spend a lot of time at work, so we really do need to enjoy our work. And if you know, there's that all saying, you know, if you're if you're not. Um, loving your work, then you are truly working. And if you love what you do, you'd never work a day in your life. So let's uh, try to balance our life, um, explain what we need to keep our life balance and to keep our health and wellness, because family and friends are important and you need to maintain that. So speak up and speak out about what it is that you need. And hopefully you will be able to be sane and have a good working relationship and then, you know, also be compensated for the job that you do and be productive. Very important. 
that you are productive. So if you are working remotely, you need to be working when you say that you are working. Well, that's it for this segment on workplace wellness. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. When we come back, we are going to be going into the garden for a nature break because I think you can find uh, peace in plants. But first, we're going to have a business bite, so don't go away. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. You've probably heard the saying, we are what we think. Well, the success of all humans boils down to the basic premise that we are what we think we are, and we become what we think we can be. In order to be the best person we can be, it is critical to examine exemplary role models, watch empowering films, read enriching books, and develop core values. Integrity cannot be replaced with ingenuity. We can all better ourselves and our performances by making accurate personal assessments, observing accomplished people, and investing for the long term in our quest for excellence. What you think about and talk about comes about. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with Star Style with another business bite. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling well, out Ralph to me. Well, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, lose yourself in nature and find peace. And as you know, I am just a major gardener. I mean, I am just a nature girl. I have always, I grew up on a farm. I've always had my hands in the dirt. And for me, my way to less stress is to go out into nature. And between the pandemic, the Russian-Ukrainian war, and 
these last two months for me, a frightening family medical emergency. 2022 has been tumultuous. It's been tough. And everyone that I know is really feeling the pain, regardless of where they live. It doesn't matter if they're in the city, a county, or what country they reside in. Anxiety and stress seem to be mounting daily as news of the world becomes ever desperate, depressing, and diabolical. I know my friends who live in Europe, and especially, you know, in um, areas like Norway or Finland that are near, are actually bordered by Russia, they're very, very nervous right now. And they've all been restocking their homes with water and food and flashlights and blankets and iodine in case of a nuclear attack, which is really, really scary. So the stress level is hard. It, it's, it's tough to do your daily routine when you have so much anxiety and so much fear going on. But increased research indicates that nature-based activities are an excellent therapeutic intervention to ease our mental and physical stress. And whether that is a walk in the park, forest bathing, hugging a tree, smelling the jasmine, or weeding your garden, taking a break with the beauty of the natural environment is an essential element in keeping us well. Listening to birdsong, these are some of my favorite things, the croaking of the frogs, uh, lapping of the waves, or the trickling of the fountain, these all have positive effects on our health. And for me, it just seems that those things are crucial to my well-being. I, I absolutely have to have them around me. So we lower our blood pressure and we decrease levels of stress hormone cortisol as we are waken our senses outdoors. So I, I am definitely standing in solidarity as I hope you are as well with the people of Ukraine. And I continue to embrace the colors of blue and yellow. I wear it. I've been planting it. And maybe because I'm looking for those colors, they seem to be everywhere. And I am shooting lots and lots of photos. Now this week, I have been enjoying the tiny starred cerulean blue-eyed grass. And I don't know if you know what it looks like, but it's really, really pretty. It's actually called blue-eyed star grass. And when it first comes out, it just kind of looks like grass. And then all of a sudden, sprouting out of the middle are these beautiful star-like flowers that are beautiful blue with a yellow center. And when I saw them, the first thing I thought of was Ukraine. And again, it's like, okay, we've got to take care of Ukraine. The next thing I was doing is I saw the, um, the ubiquitous buttery blooms on the freesia. So these gorgeous yellow freesia and blue freesia. Now, if you don't know what freesia is, it is a bulb and it's really a fantastic plant because it uh, naturalizes, and naturalizes means it keeps spreading. So, uh, and it, it just keeps, you know, multiplying. So you can plant a few, and then you can have a lot the next season. You never have to dig it back up. And it comes in lots of colors, but right now I'm seeing a lot of the yellow and blue. But you can get it in 
red and white and pink and purple and actually a multicolor purple, white and pink. And the white is incredibly fragrant. So I really love that. Now, marsh rosemary, which is also called sea lavender, uh, nasturgeums and sedum are carpeting hillsides around here. And these paths of these blooms, so, you know, the marsh rosemary is a, the sea lavender, uh, it is a deep blue, kind of with a white, a little bit of white in it. Nasturgeums are a bright yellow. Some of them have a little bit of, of orange. And sedum is exactly the color of the Ukrainian flag in that yellow. And it's just everywhere right now. So it reminds me of the courage of the Ukrainians. And in case you didn't know, the blue and yellow of their flag, what it stands for is the blue was the bright blue sky of Ukraine, of uh, Ukraine, and the yellow was for the wheat fields because the Ukraine is one of the largest exporters to Europe of wheat. Now, I hiked a trail around um, the Emeryville Harbor here to soak in the water views and the fresh sea air because, as I said, it's been rather stressful and what really seems to soothe me is being around water. So I took a hike around a harbor and it was just spectacular because there were these cobalt plumes of Pride of Madeira. It's also called Echium. And there were also the sky blues of California lilac, also known as Cianthus. And so when you see all these blooms and you smell all these fragrances and then you hear the water lapping and, you know, and you see the seabirds kind of calling, I don't know, my mood was just instantly improved. And I would really suggest that wherever you are, you do something similar so that you can just get out there and shake it off, shake it off. So being in nature fosters resilience as well as it encourages awe and wonder. What nature does is it restores, uh, it's restorative. It restores just our level of balance to our body, our mind, and our spirit. And spring is here. And the ground is actually bursting with new life, at least in our area. I know in parts of the country and other parts of the world, there's still snow on the ground. But here in the West, trees are unfurling their luxurious leaves. Bulbs are blooming in a kaleidoscope of colors. Fruit trees, including apple, pear, crab apple, and cherry, they're bursting with buds. And a lot of them are just filled with blooms. I mean, I am just going around taking pictures of everything. It is really the perfect season to let plants plant peace within you. Now, this last week, I planted three avocado trees that have been nurtured from a pit. I think maybe in a few years, um, I might have some avocados. I also planted a dwarf navel orange. It was added to my citrus grove. And it's amazing how it is already just buzzing with bees that are sucking on the sweet nectar of the buds. And it smells so good. There's there's just nothing like the smell of a citrus grove when the buds are on the trees. I mean, it just, you know, it just smells citrusy, but it's wonderful. Now, since I added new nutrient soil last season to my garden, I have so many weeds. And pulling those weeds is time-consuming. I mean, really time-consuming. 
And it's going to take me a few more months to get them all because I have a large, uh, you know, I have a mini farm. But it's giving me the opportunity to let my mind wander. And it's a relaxing me enough to assist in solving other challenges that have come my way. Now, once my hillside is free of unwanted plants, I'm going to begin to sow seeds of what I call the pretties. And those will be flowering annuals that will bring me joy and tranquility. And part of this that I'm going to be planting is I'm going to be planting milkweed to attract the monarchs. It turns out that in the area where I am in the Bay Area uh, of San Francisco, San Francisco Bay Area, but I'm out in the country, I am actually on a migration area for monarch butterflies. And if you've read anything about monarchs lately, you have probably heard how there used to be millions and millions that would make the migration from Mexico up north and then they go back. And now it has dwindled to actually they thought the monarch was going extinct. So there's been all these programs to try to get gardeners and individual people to plant uh, milkweed to attract the uh, monarch butterfly caterpillars because these Uh, These butterflies, their caterpillars only eat milkweed. And so I'm excited to plant a butterfly garden that is going to be for the monarchs. And interestingly, um, one of our garden clubs in our area started a, a butterfly garden where they planted milkweed and immediately the monarchs showed up. And not only them, but other butterflies, as well as a lot of uh, pollinators. And so we all really want to do that. So, you know, you could look it up, but think about planting something to attract pollinators. Because the more pollinators you have in your garden, the more lush and beautiful your garden will be. And it'll be more pest-free as well. Now, it's not too late to plant roses, and since peace is what everyone wants and deserves, you could consider planting the beautiful peace rose. It'll brighten your garden and your heart. And as I lose myself in nature to find peace, I recall the words of President Dwight D. Eisenhower, and this is a quote. One day, the people of the world will want peace so much that the governments will have to get out of their way and give it to them, end quote. I personally think that time is now. And I salute President Zelensky, who is standing firm, and all of the Ukrainian people who are fighting back and who are being so resilient and determining this is their land and no one is going to take it from them. So peace be with you. Now, I do have some gardening tips for uh, for April. Today, we only have one more day left of March. So as we begin to get into April, here are some things that you are going to want to do. Because um, as I said, spring is here and summer will be around the corner. So empty any vessels of standing water as mosquitoes are already breeding. For fountains and bird baths, you want to clean the water regularly or you can add drops of bleach, or you can also add mosquito dunks. Uh, This past weekend, I adopted 
two more animals for my barnyard of adopted animals. So I adopted a nine-year-old goat named Pete, and I adopted um, an adorable lop-eared bunny named um, Tie-Dot. And what was interesting is in cleaning all the waters, one of the water pans that was just like two days, I hadn't emptied it in two days, just in two days because of, you know, just some sunshine and a little heat, there were mosquito larvas in it. So it seems so early that it's only March and the mosquitoes are already out. But if you're in other parts of the country, they might already be breeding. And um, I'm sure you know that the deadliest animal or the deadliest thing in the entire world is the tiny mosquito. It carries more diseases than any other pest. So you do not want to have mosquitoes. So empty that water, add drops of bleach, or you can go to your, um, your hardware store and buy mosquito dunks. Remove deep-rooted weeds such as dandelions from your garden by hand. And they do have a long root, so you're going to have to dig them out. Just don't snap them off. Decrease the spread of crabgrass by applying a pre-emergent that keeps seeds from germinating. Now, you can harvest the tender leaves of a lot of what we might call weeds, wild mustard, arugula, purslane, and dandelion. Uh, wash them, and then you can add them to salads, sandwiches, stir-fries. You'll get a nice surprising snap. I'm a huge fan of all of these. I have wild mustard growing right now, and I've been grabbing the leaves. I have an entire path of arugula that when the seeds, um, when, when my arugula in my garden went to seed, it I guess the wind or the birds spread it to one of my garden paths, and the whole path now is arugula. And at first I thought, oh, my gosh, I have to weed. And then I looked and it was arugula. And, oh, my gosh, it's so wonderful. I just picked a big handful that I will be making for a salad tonight. So these are really good things. I know your weeds. Don't eat anything unless you know it. But um, it's a, they, they're really good to eat and filled with lots of nutrients and vitamins. Aerate your lawn to improve the absorption of moisture and fertilizer before you reseed. You could pick up your dropped camellia blooms to deter petal blight. Uh, Camellias are just gorgeous right now, but if you get a little bit of rain or wind, they're going to drop. And but if you leave them on the ground, you will get petal blight, and then it will destroy your camellia tree or bush. So pick them up dispose of them. I feed my blooms to my pigs and my chickens and my goats and they eat them. So I have a good uh, recycling thing. Now refrain from cutting back your daffodils until they are crisp as a cracker because if those fronds, they need to replenish the nutrients to the bulb for next year's floral explosion. And I know it's so tempting because it doesn't look good as they die, but you've got to just refrain. Some people tie them back with a rubber band. You can do that, but it might take longer for the nutrients to get down to the bulb. Uh, the crab apples and red buds are blooming right now, and they're beautiful. And you might want to cut a small branch and put it in a vase on your nightstand because research indicates that individuals with the brightest outlooks and the happiest attitudes keep blooms bedside. 
So maybe that's why I'm so happy. I always have flowers around me. So think about it. Just And you could just cut anything. If you have anything outside your door, cut a little bit of nature and bring it inside. This is the time to fertilize your lawns and your shrubs. Uh, also scatter snail bait because you need to protect new shoots from those crawlers. And they will devour something overnight. So if you are starting to plant any herbs or vegetable gardens or or any um, annuals, if you don't put snail bait, even though you don't see slugs or snails, you will have nothing in the morning. Visit your local nursery to buy intriguing plants that will increase the attractiveness of your landscape and improve your temperament. And lose yourself in nature because you really will find peace. And finally, support Ukraine in whatever way you possibly can. So happy gardening, happy growing, and happy spring. And I thank you for being great listeners and allowing me to come into your life every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific and right here on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. I hope that you're always tuned here. And also remember that on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, we bring you Express Yourself Teen Radio so you can get a perspective about teens, what they're thinking about, and what they're doing. And this coming Sunday is going to be an incredible um, broadcast about love, peace, and vegetables, which recipes for conscious living, and with an author, Marcella Benson. So make sure you're tuned in to Express Yourself Teen Radio right here on the Voice American Network. Just remember, you can change your life. You can make your dreams come true. For more information about me or my company, Star Style Productions, or to purchase any of my books, please visit uh, starstyleproductions.com or cynthiabryan.com you can uh, go to the website of the charity btsya.org if you want to make a donation get involved or even just be in touch with us our aim is always to encourage inspire inform amuse motivate I want you to see beyond your physical being and know you are already the star you dreamed of becoming. So cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And I want to thank my audio engineer, Aaron, who is our success coordinator here at Voice America, helping all the different hosts be and sound great. So thank you so much, Aaron, for being with me. So until next week, when we celebrate again on Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. We're Star Style. I thank you, and I encourage you, go out into the world and be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference, and go into nature for a little peace. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. 
For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.